0: Good afternoon Packers fans, Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Tuesday, the Players Day off. The coaches will be drawing up plans to uh, take down the Dallas Cowboys in the wildcard playoff game on Sunday afternoon. We just get to hang out for the rest of the week and build up the anticipation and get all nervous and think, why do I let this team control my life? And then realize we have no choice because we were born into it. And it's part of our blood and we couldn't stop it if we tried. Other than that, how are you guys doing? I want to talk about Aaron Jones. I want to talk about the Cowboys killer. Did I You know, it's funny when they clinched the playoff berth and then got the matchup. We knew they were facing the Cowboys. And then we waited to see, you know, what time the game was going to be at. It's so many things kind of flashed through my head. All the times the Packers have gone down to Jerry World, including in the Super Bowl and come out victorious. And obviously, one of the very first things you think about is Aaron Jones waving goodbye to a defender as he scores a touchdown. It's an iconic image, right? And then I thought, you know, I really remember lots of really good plays from Aaron Jones against the Cowboys. And then you look up his lifetime stats against the Cowboys. He's played the Cowboys three times. Now, it feels like a little more than that, but he's played them three times and carried the ball 62 times. For 370 yards in three games, he scored six touchdowns in those three games. The man just takes the Cowboys apart. And I'll bet every Cowboys fan in America and probably around the world is scared to death with how good Aaron Jones has looked over the last three weeks. Going over 100 yards every time. Guess what else he does when he faces the Cowboys? That's right. Goes over 100 yards. I think, you know, the Packers have more than a puncher's chance in this game. And I, you know, I understand they are a very different animal at home this season than they have been on the road. But you don't have to look much further than that Bills game a couple weeks ago where, you know, the formula is pretty clear. Run the football on them. Oh, the Packers have someone who can do that in Aaron Jones. Of course, it's a lot harder than that. I realize it's never that simple, but this is how they beat the Cowboys last year. They ran it. A lot at their pass rushers, minimize their pass rush because of it. Now obviously they were down a couple scores there, heading into the fourth quarter, but Matt never really faltered. He kept running the ball smartly, I think. and I think that's got to be the way forward on Sunday afternoon. I know a lot of people are looking forward to Jordan Love put potentially putting on a show, which I think he can. but I think you make his life exponentially easier if you're staying ahead of the sticks and minimizing their pass rush by running Aaron Jones and running the football, staying ahead of the sticks more than ever paramount this week that they do so. And they have just the guy to do it in Aaron Jones. Hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, I apologize. Got a little bit of a raspy throat here. I couldn't had a coughing fit a little bit ago, just right before I went on live and can't really seem to shake it, so I apologize, Jocelyn. But I'm going to play hurt for you guys, Jocelyn. Thanks to the super chat, is Brian Bulaga Iowa an accurate comp for Tom? I don't think so. Um, I know you could make the real easy joke about the shorter arms, which I'm sure Brian himself would do. Um, but Brian was, I, don't, I would say, much more, much closer to a classic tackle than Zach Tom is. I mean, uh, I remember talking to Drew Olson this summer. Uh, on the uh, practice field at Ray Nitschke, you know, and that's when kind of Zach was inserted as the kind of number one tackle there on the right side. And it's just striking how he doesn't look like a tackle at all. He's so comparatively to most NFL tackles compact. Right. And I know, like I said, Brian, the knockout of when he was coming out of Iowa was the shorter arm length, but in every other way, in almost every other respect, he was a classic tackle. So, yeah, I don't know. I would, I probably wouldn't comp the two. Um, I tell you what, though, Zach's playing or on his way to playing at that level. I mean, Brian's an all-time great in the Packers uniform, and you know, Zach's done it now. One full year at right tackle had a very promising rookie campaign at several positions last year. I hope they lock him in at right tackle for the foreseeable future because, I mean, he has been absolutely lights out this season. No question about it. Dustin, what's going on, man? In the last two games, have we seen Matt LaFleur defensive idea implemented? I'd love if we could get a Vrabel personality type DC, punch your face type guy. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? You want. A defense that looks to be dictating, looks to be aggressive or more aggressive, right? Although that is a bit of a cliched word when you're talking NFL defense because everybody wants aggressive. It's the first thing every defensive coordinator says when he's hired, we're gonna be more aggressive, blah, blah, blah. Um but yeah, I do think there's something to the idea, and I know Matt was asked about it in his presser yesterday. Since the torching against the Buccaneers, it does seem like Matt's been a little bit more involved. And I know they had a rough second half against the Panthers, but you did see a different approach in that game. Um, Very different than what they'd been doing the previous two or three weeks. And I think kind of maybe correcting from that, they've continued to tweak what they're trying to do on the defensive side of the ball just ever so slightly. I don't think it's been dramatic. I think that Panthers game was pretty dramatic. The most pressure they've sent, the most man coverage they've utilized, It got them into trouble, I think, in the second half, as I talked with Billy Schmidt about a couple weeks ago, because I don't think they've practiced it a ton. You know, this is a team that has utilized a lot of too high shell, a lot of rally and tackle, keep it all in front of you. So when they converted or tried to switch to a lot more pressure and a lot more man, it's just stuff they haven't utilized a whole lot. You know, and that's not to say I don't think they can do that. I don't think it's impossible for them to do it, but. I think in the last couple games, you've really seen them dial up the pressure judiciously at smart times, but they haven't gone overboard with it, and they've still utilized a ton of zone, whether it's two or three or even six. They've kept eyes on the quarterback, and I think they found a good groove here these last couple weeks. There's no doubt about it. Now, it's one thing to do it against Justin Fields and Jaron Hall and whoever. It's a whole nother world to go down to Jerry World. And be able to do it against Dak Prescott in this offense in that building where they have been insanely good. So I think it, you know, I, I like I said, they got a pun- better than a puncher's chance in this game. Mimsy, what's up, man? Just here to say, pack is back. Huh? <laughs> Love it, man. That clip is an all-time classic. Instantly, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure someone in the comments will inform you of this poor local reporter who was live after the game and Jair Alexander himself literally interrupted her live hit. And she had no idea who he was classic grant. What's up? Happy 30th yesterday to the Farve to sharp in Detroit game, man. Those years were a blast. They were at times, weren't they? What was so great about that era was how it really felt like they were on the come up, right? Like they kept knocking on the door in Dallas, so many times, so many disappointments until they finally break through in 96. But that whole journey you did feel like they were on a, like on an upward climb. I don't know if the Super Bowl ever felt inevitable other than, you know, once we finally got to 96, but yeah, no, it was a great 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 ride. I remember sitting at my girlfriend's house in 96 when they were playing the Chargers and I just remember thinking like no one can stop us. Like it was, that was the one time in my life. It was just like the Packers it doesn't matter. They're going to the Super Bowl and they're going to win it. Never felt like that since. I'll tell you that. Abdul, what's going on? Hey Aaron, why do you think we play down to bad QBs and our best against good QBs? Well, I think there's a little bit to be said for you're playing coverage against the best QBs. And when you are facing some, you know, more journeyman type or uh, some unknown, some rookies, what have you. I think there's a tendency to keep it simple, but to your detriment. Whereas I think, and this is just guesswork here on my part, you know, the way they are able to rush with four or sometimes five now of these last couple of games allows them to be a little bit more kind of creative on the back end when it comes to mixing and matching coverages and playing kind of dialogue coverage a little bit more, you know, but as far as like the straight up who somebody, Sam, I think over at Acme packing had a whole history of Barry's entire tenure as a defensive coordinator at all three stops and all the horrible losses he's given up to terrible to middling quarterbacks. I mean, I got to think it's something to do with how Joe calls the game and what he's expecting versus what he gets. And this is something I talked about on the radio this afternoon you know, I know there's a lot of speculation about Joe and about the potential of keeping him around and things of that nature. And his major flaw in my eyes is his inability to adjust in game to what the offense is trying to utilize against him. And as we saw on Sunday, if his plan during the week is implemented and it's working early and, you know, continues to work throughout a game, he's pretty, pretty okay. Right. It's fine. Like it'll, the way they executed against the bears, exactly what you need. But if you see a game like say here in New York against the giants, where suddenly they're attacking you with, in that instance, the quarterback's legs, it's very rare that Joe can counter in real time. And that's why I keep saying, you know, I understand that there's a bit of an uptick here and clearly Matt's working with Joe and maybe they find something, a way of working. But you can't sit here and tell me that if the goal is to win championships, the goal is to open a window of contention where you're going to compete for a title. You can't tell me Joe Barry's is the man to get you there. I'm never going to feel that. I'm never going to believe it. Now, maybe they go on a run with Joe. Make me get my words. Entirely possible. But I'm at the same place with him that I, that I was with Jim Bates back in 2007. Never going to win a championship with Jim Bates. Never going to win a championship with Joe Barry. It's just where I'm at. Uh, What else we got here, folks? Oh, my gosh. Um, Brandy, our very own Brandy Lewis. What's up, Brandy? A solid game from the Packers without turnovers is what this team has been working towards. It's time. Man. I'll tell you what. From your uh, Carry the G Club membership to the Football God's Ears. How about that? Mimsy, what's up? Do we sign Dallas Killer Crosby? to the practice squad for vibes. It's like, like a Tremont Williams signing. I tend to doubt it if for no other reason that it would probably put the rookie in his head. Look, Crosby had a chance to help the Packers, that final kick for the giants. And, uh, he shanked it. And I think, I think Packers fans have a lot of like really selective memory when it comes to how Crosby looked last season. You know, I, I understand the kid right now is very frustrating with some of these misses, but, They're going to give him every opportunity to play this season out, probably through next season. And as someone, I think it was here yesterday, um, and I know I think on Watch Party, pointed out, I'm sorry I cannot remember who it was or I'd give them a shout-out, Carlson's got a better percentage of made kicks than Crosby did his rookie year at this point. You know? Just some patience. That's all all the Packers are looking for here. Um, TKM, good to see you at your post, buddy. Nags, a huge appreciation for the Ken Bowman tribute. He was special to me. Thanks for everything you do to keep our sanity and happy new year. Thanks, TKM. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing well, man. And, yeah, the Ken Bowman stuff was, you know, I just connect to that team on a really kind of emotional level because of my grandfather. Um, You know, he would talk about those teams all the time. He and my grandmother were at the ice bowl for real, not one of those urban myths like, you know, Everyone says they were there, kind of thing. Um, they were there, and he would always talk about how tough Bowman was, and it was fun, you know, getting to learn about all of those teams, but especially that team in particular, and those two first Super Bowl teams, um, because that story I told it was funny how many the, about him having to, having to go into this first Super Bowl and his shoulder popping out and popping it back into place. It's the Ice Bowl is what he gets kind of not even most remembered for, but most talked about in relation to. But it's like that's a level of toughness and achievement to help bring back a title to title town in the first Super Bowl ever. You know, that should get recognized. That should be talked about probably a little bit more than it is. So I'm glad it spoke to you, man. It's good to see you. Mike Witt, what's going on? Just think Monday we're either talking about the divisional round or we'll be starting to talk about the DIC for the first time. LOL. Go Pack Go. No, 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 Mike. Before we get to the DIC, got to talk about free agency. Yeah, there's a path, my friend. There's a path. But, yeah, we'll probably talk about both, I would think. We'll talk about roster construction and the draft and free agency and all of that good stuff. But that's going to be after the Super Bowl, obviously, because the Packers are winning it kind of kidding but maybe who knows just got to get in the dance and here we are Uh I cannot pronounce this but thank you for the super chat love speed of release versus late stage Rogers what an interesting topic Um, I still think Rogers had a quick ass release Um, probably still faster than loves but love has certainly shortened his release it's better than it was still sometimes a bit of a wind up but He's getting the ball where it needs to be. Now, there are a couple of those out routes that I get nervous on. Um, when he takes that big, deep drop and then lets it rip in rhythm, not a worry, right? It's some of those second read things where he's thrown to the outside of the hash marks where it kind of maybe hangs up a little bit on him. And there was one against the Bears I got nervous about because of exactly what you're talking about. Like, he doesn't have the quickest release. He's not Marino or Rogers, though few people are. But it does afford defensive backs a bit of an opportunity to try and get a jump. You know, so yeah, he's never going to be that quick. It's just not his game. It's not who he's been. It's not who he is, which is fine because you can win lots of different ways. You can complete passes lots of different ways. Look at Phillip Rivers. That dude threw for a billion yards and a billion touchdowns while having the funkiest release I've ever seen. So I'm not too worried about it. Rick, what's up? I love how Vikings Bears fans love J-Love. I am sure you see it a lot of it. I don't understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. Ryan, what's up? Return of the cardiac pack. Oh, baby. What a pull. Those were the days. I remember the full page like not just sports section pictures of Mikowski but like the front page of the Post Crescent being like almost all Packers, and then down and below and the, like the below the fold in the lower right or something would be like you know war breaks out in this country like that the news didn't matter it was all about the Packers. I love it. Dusty Lawson, thanks for being a Carry the G Club member. Bart Star appreciation post on what could have been or what would have been his 90th birthday. Jordan Love QB sneak for the win on Sunday, a la Ice Bowl. Well, it's going to be a lot nicer in Jerry world as far as the uh, wind uh, chill goes. But, yeah, why not? Let's do it. I just want Jordan Love to suggest it to Matt, and Matt have to say, I'm going to run it. Let's get the hell out of here. Love it. Rah-ha, thanks for the super chat. I think we all know that the way to shut down Lamb is to put Preston on him. Congratulations. It is Tuesday, and that is the first Preston as a corner joke I've seen this week. So, well done. I did wonder how long I'd have to go. I mean, talking about lamb. That guy blew the doors off the Packers last time they faced last season. And I expect he'll do the same this year. He's one of those guys. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And look, he, like I said, he put up big numbers last year and they still won. So just contain it as much as you can, because he's going to get his, no doubt about it. Responsible wealth. What a, what a responsible message. Thanks for the super chat. No comment, just praise and thanks for the channel. Well, that is incredibly kind. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Vex, what's going on, man? Has Rashawn Gary been making an impact? Is the play of Preston due to the attention Gary is getting? I think sometimes. Um, you know, one of the reasons he's got that one on one in Minnesota and he's able to beat the tackle is because they're either sliding to Rashawn or doubling Rashawn. I think some of it, though, is just Preston playing really well um but you know the teams have to kind of pick their poison in that regard right i think that's kind of the old not old school but that's kind of the belichick mentality when they utilized darrell revis right because they would kind of double quote-unquote whoever the uh, best player was their best wide receiver they were facing they would double him and then have revis kind of singled up On whoever the number two was in the pecking order. And I think that's kind of what the Vikings were trying to do. The problem is that they didn't expect Preston to keep winning. Which is what he did. So I do think Rashawn affects things more than probably the stat sheet indicates. I think he's coming off a bunch of really quiet games in the sack department. But you guys know they come in bunches. And it's been a while. And I think uh, Sunday is due. Although I will say. Uh, you know, obviously they have their own great pass rushers and Parsons in particular is a, is a problem, but man, Detroit held the shit out of him a couple weeks ago and never got a call. Dallas couldn't, was begging for a call and couldn't get it. And they, And I mean, it was egregious at times, especially towards the end of the game. So I think some of this is going to depend on who the crew is. I know they break up the crews, what have you. So whoever, the official is who's working that game as far as the officiating goes and got to find out early right what's the tone what are you they letting you get away with what are they allowing and it's the playoffs so supposedly they're going to quote let them play but yeah I'm I'm fascinated to see kind of if you know they try and put a clamp down on that early because like I said it was egregious against the Lions and I hate the Cowboys but even I was like the hell can we get a holding call one time Ed, what's up? Dallas can't lose at home, reminds me of Packers can't lose at Lambo. Vic popped that bubble, let's pop the Cowboys bubble. That's a really good pull. Absolutely. Now, obviously this hasn't been historic for the Cowboys the way Lambo had been for the Packers where they were what, 13 to 0 at home prior to Vic or at Lambo prior to uh, you know, Vic coming in and wrecking shop. But yeah, that that has been the narrative this year, right? Cowboys are a different animal at home and they are undefeated in that building. And yeah, let's go do it. Let's go uh let's go put a big fat L in that column. I like it. Um Abdul, what's up? I'm not holding out hope our D is gonna stop Dallas. So do you think our offense has enough juice to keep up with their offense? Oh a thousand percent. Yeah. What have you seen in the last month that tells you that it doesn't? I mean, look, it's a tough environment. It's loud, but so is Minnesota. They operated just fine against the Vikings. You know, I, yeah, 100%. Now, the bounce of a ball, a tip interception, like there's a lot of things that can go wrong, right? That won't necessarily be, oh, it's this offense not being able to keep up. You know, there's freak plays, what have you. But overall, yeah, 100%. They got the juice, no doubt. Mike Witt, thanks again, man. This has been the most fun I've had watching the Packers since 89 with Magic Man. First autograph I ever got was Brent Fullwood. I'm old. Thanks, Nicks. The man, remember all the hype around Brent Fullwood? I was so jazzed. So jazzed for him. And then he, like, fumbled the first kickoff return in a preseason game, and I was like, oh, good boy. Brent Fullwood. There's a blast from the past. Mimsy, what's up? How many guys on the 53 played for McCarthy? Three? It feels like it's probably stretching it. Um, What? We got Bakhtiari. Outside of that, I'm not sure. Larry, thanks for becoming a Carry the G Club member. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Blaine, thanks for the super chat. Wonder why special teams keeps kicking short. Excellent question. I think it's got to be something to do with how they want to work their coverage units. They think their coverage units can limit their return. Clearly, that hasn't happened on the regular. Um, Satya will be taking the to the podium on Thursday afternoon. Hopefully, one of the crack reporters on the beat will ask that very question. John Samotovic, thanks for the Super Chat, man. I'm just here to say the pack are back. Uh, yeah. To the second Super Chat quoting that piece. That's so great. Ryan, what's up? Hoping the refs wear their eyeglasses. I wouldn't hold your breath on that one, man. Who knows? You know, Jerry's going to have a check that clears before the game. I kid. All right, everybody. I got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV. We are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Patreon members, carry the G club members here on YouTube. Be sure you check your respective pages. Happy hour is tonight. Info for the happy hour is right there. Hope to see you there. Uh, I got a couple last second super chats here, huh? Oh, no, I got them. All right, good, good, good. I got them all. Very good. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great night. I'll see you on happy hour or I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, One quick programming note. Packer transplants this week will be on Thursday, not tomorrow. It will be Thursday afternoon. So, I know you are all waiting with bated breath to hear what Corey Benke has to say about the Packers making the playoffs. So put that on your calendar, and I will see you tomorrow or in a little bit for Happy Hour. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. (laughs)